You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. You are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Casal, joined today by my good friend, Unetta Spring. And she is the owner of Groundbreakers and Spring for Wellness. I don't know your other business name. <laughs> Spring for Counseling. You Spring for Counseling. Almost got uh-huh. it. And you are the first guest that I've had on since throat surgery. And I'm really grateful that you are making the time to be here. And I'm excited to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you too as well. It's always fun talking with my buddy. And um, I heard the first, I didn't know this is the first one you've had since surgery, yeah. the first one. Okay. Yeah, when we put it out in our like uh, our Facebook chat, you were the first uh-huh. person to sign up out of the five of them. So you are the first and I appreciate it. So it's easier to start recording again with friends and people that you have a lot of conversation with in general because then mm-hmm. less awkward conversation, less time for me to fill conversation too. Yeah, less pressure, uh, so, less pressure. But you sound great. You uh, sound uh, great. Thank you. It's, so, uh, you sound like yourself. You sound good. Work in progress. And it's a mm-hmm. good kind of segue into what you and I were going to talk about today in a lot of ways, because I know you, we, we threw around some topics and you mentioned, you know, staying, staying grounded to grow, which I like mm-hmm. that a lot, right? Kelsey, please use that as the title. Um, <laughs> but also just like having success and the pendulum swing that comes with success too, and, and how much emotion is wrapped up into what we do when we're doing our own healing work, when we're working in our businesses, because you own multiple businesses, I own multiple businesses. And the more you do your own work, I think there's a direct correlation between that you're, you doing your own work and healing journey and the success that you can have. And Mm -hmm. it's really important to be doing that as, as helping professionals. So I wanted to get your take on, on kind of your point of view in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, healing, healing as we grow, staying grounded as we grow. I think all of those things are so important. You know, um, I think I'm realizing that you, there is no uh, arrival place. Like we are constantly going to be learning, evolving and growing um, personally, professionally um, and, and all mixed up in between. You know what I mean? So all oh, that rhyme, you see that you caught that? Isn't that on purpose? So Patrick is used to my squirrely brain and how I <laughs> go off on tangents. So I love, I love talking to Patrick because he knows. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's so important as business owners, as professionals, as therapists, because we take on so many things and because our businesses are typically centered around like supporting folks, helping folks, serving in various capacities. Um, that we are constantly checking in and aware of what's going on with us because you can easily move over to like, you know, some spaces that are, aren't necessarily healthy 
um, in this profession like this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Before you know it. So it's, it's really important that we stay grounded and centered in that way. Yeah. And that's a really mm-hmm. good point. And that switch does flip really quickly, mm-hmm. especially if we're not taking care of ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. My staff and I went on a holiday party on Friday and we were talking about the Enneagram on talking about the, the kind of the shadow sides or like the unhealthier sides of your Enneagram number. And, you know, mine is a seven where it's like travel and spontaneity and create creativity and sensory seeking and stimulation. And then the flip side is like becoming really, really panicked, really, really insecure, really, really anxious, um, really feeling run down and worn down. And, and it's so crucial that I pay attention to those things because that can happen really quickly. That pendulum can swing even if you're successful and you're, you know, however you quantify or define success. And then the other side of the coin is like, you have to be taking care of yourself throughout this process, throughout this journey. It's just really, really important, especially like you said, when we are helping professionals as well, because I think a lot of people get into this profession to heal themselves through the work Mm -hmm. that they do. And if you're not doing your own work, that is really problematic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because I think a lot of us get into the profession to heal ourselves, but aren't consciously aware that that's why we got into it, you know? So having that conscious awareness that this was not just because you were good at what you, you know, at talking to people or, you know, a good listener, you know, there are reasons why that part of you exists. Um, and oftentimes it was created from, uh, um, survival. Like it was the way that you kind of were able to take up and, um, notice your environments and assess situations so that you could be okay. Or so that, so that the people around you were okay. Um, so that skill you developed through whatever, you know, your history or your trauma history or whatever might look like is essentially in most cases what brought you to this profession. Um, So knowing that and also knowing that as you achieve different levels of success, you know, um, that that also gets activated and it has to be reassessed. Ooh, that round two, Patrick. (laughs) You're feeling good today. I can tell whenever you're rhyming, feeling creative, that's like good hits. Yeah, that's when the rhyme comes. That's when the poetry comes. But yeah, you know, as you reach those different levels of success, you got to reassess. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think reassessing is really crucial, taking inventory of what's important. And are you feeling like you're in alignment with the values that are driving you in terms of making your decisions, who you're collaborating with, who you're connecting with, what mm-hmm. your next venture is going to be or what your next uh, goal is going to be? Because if it's not in alignment, we all know how fucked up things can get, how quickly they can crumble. If you're mm-hmm. kind of pursuing something for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And I love that you are saying, you know, being able to be successful by reassessing. And I think that reassessing throughout your career is crucial, not just as a helper, but if you are an entrepreneur listening to this podcast, like constantly reassessing and making sure that you're taking inventory of what's working, what's not, what feels mm-hmm. good for me right now, what doesn't, what do I want to remove from my life? What do I want to add more of into my life? And just really making sure that you're being really intentional. And I love that you're talking about your your story, your your origin story, more or less, your childhood, your experiences, because they all shape who you are as an adult. And I think that we can often lose sight over the fact 
uh, our blind spots, if we've done some healing work or we've done some growth work, and we can almost say like you almost mentioned before, oh, I've kind of got to the finish line now. Like I don't have to do any more of this. And I, there, mm -hmm. there is no finish line in healing work. And there's probably no uh, finish line in terms of the entrepreneurial journey either. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. There is no finish line. And for somebody like I'll say like me, who uh, kind of is motivated and thrives off of like making an achievement and like completing something to know that it's kind of like, damn, <laughs> you know, that is something that I think we had a conversation um, a while ago about like, how do you continue to um, progress in, in business professionally when you're no longer um, motivated or pushed by that, almost like that trauma response, right? Like I'm, I've always been driven by the need to kind of accomplish this thing or get out of this adverse situation or this, you know, tumultuous whatever environment. And now I've done a lot of work to where that's not my reality or that's not my norm anymore. So that's where, for me, this year has been a lot of that. Like, how do I stay motivated when there isn't something that I'm trying to, like, like I don't have to accomplish this, right? It's yeah. not like do or die. Accomplishment <laughs> no longer feels like it's out of necessity. Yeah. And, and that necessity is there. And it's like, this either works or, you know, you go hungry or whatever the case right. may be. There's a lot more um, intrinsic motivation. But when you start to become more successful, make more money, you know, you can pay your bills more comfortably. Mm -hmm. That motivation can certainly dissipate. And I think, mm -hmm. it, you know, that's a feeling of safety, right? Of like, okay, I can breathe. I can, I can take the foot off the gas. But I like that you're also asking like, but then what becomes the motivating factor? Mm -hmm. So for you, what has become the motivation? What's kind of the driving force when you start to yeah. examine that? Yeah, yeah. For me, it shifted from... Um, a lot of it was, you know, business for me was like, can I do this? Like, is this possible for me to do? And now that I have kind of quote unquote proven, yes, you could do this. Yes, you have proof. Like if you put your mind to it and you want to do it, you can figure it out. Like now that that has kind of been resolved for me, then it's what do I want to do? Like mm. what is aligned with me? What do I feel like I'm showing up as my what am I what do I enjoy? Like how Isn't do I show scarier up the two in a way? It can be. It can be really scary um to to tap into that because it then it becomes more about like me being aligned and what I want versus what I feel like somebody else needs. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's that's such a crucial pivot point as mm -hmm. a healthy professional, especially as you resolve your own trauma story. I know you are an expert in helping other people work through their trauma. And mm -hmm. It's interesting because I find that to be kind of the frightening part of what do I want? What aligns with what I want? Because that's where you do the deeper dives in a lot of ways in some of these instances of like, what's really sparking you? Like what feels really enjoyable? And for those of us who are neurodivergent ADHDers, especially the, what feels enjoyable is really important because if yeah. it's not stimulating, you're not going to fucking it's do it. Happening. <laughs> It's not happening. Or oh, what feels stimulating in this moment, like three days later, is not stimulating anymore. 
And it's like, why did I even want to do that? Like, what was even drawing me to that? And now you're kind of, you know, for me, it's like, okay, so now I either need to continue to complete something that I thought was exciting and inspiring me in this particular moment. And now I'm not motivated to, to kind of follow through. So that has been something I've had to learn and still constantly, you know, have to learn. And I'm so grateful for our mastermind group because we can throw stuff out and around to each other, <laughs> you know, and you could be like, Yanetta, what are you doing? <laughs> well, you have to like feel safe enough and secure enough to receive that feedback too, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, what are you doing? And yeah. sometimes it's just, we don't see our own processes when we're in the thick of it. And you can mm -hmm. get really worked up about something or excited about something that future you is going to really regret when you started right. to follow that rabbit trail or, um, and, or go down that rabbit hole. And I think I mentioned something to you the other day in that chat of like, I am struggling to figure out what's next. And mm -hmm. for me, that has been really hard because without that spark, without that passion, like I know I can do a lot of things well but do I want to do them? That's right. really important. And this whole season post pre and post surgery, mm -hmm. there has been a lot of self-evaluation and introspection and assessment because mm -hmm. there's a lot of taking inventory of you don't have as much energy as you'd like to have. Mm -hmm. uh, your voice comes and goes, you don't, you know, you're not happy with your recovery right now. Right. So it's like, what comes next is really challenging for me. Yeah and trying to figure out what that driving force is, because like you said, okay, if you've become successful or if you're doing the next thing and I like accomplishment too, certainly a driving force. So what is the next thing going to be about and what is the motivating factor behind it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. For you and, and listening to you thinking about that, I think sometimes we can take for granted our, our energy levels and our capacity and what we're capable of doing and think just, and you know, I always say just because you can do it doesn't mean you need to, right? Um, so for you and your experience and what you've been going through, like um, recovering from surgery is really helping me to be more mindful of like, um, there are so many things that you could be doing that you don't have the capacity right now to do and grappling and accepting and grieving over that and being very mindful of what you focus your energy and attention on. It's really helping me to be more mindful of, to like focus what I put my energy and attention on too, knowing that just because you might have a little bit more energy, there may be a time when you don't. Right. And there may be situations that you don't need to. And how do you become more focused on, you know, what's what's most important and what you really want and how do you stay more you know aligned and authentic so that watching you deal with that has been very helpful you know for me personally it's interesting to hear that you know when when we're looking at it from our own perspective it's like oh man i'm i'm not doing enough right and then mm -hmm. someone else might be watching what you're doing and and gaining something from it and it's just very interesting to to see different processes and i think it's hard for people who have a hard time with stillness. Like recovery mm -hmm. is challenging and you try to test your capacity when you feel good. And then that leaves you feeling worse, mm -hmm. which in turn means like more recharge time, more stillness, more like unsettling 
uh, and discomfort that comes with it for those of us who like to be on the go or on the move or in movement. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reevaluation of what's important. And I've turned away a lot of individual coaching since before October, before my surgery. And I got a lot of requests, which I'm very grateful for, but I don't have the desire to do it, the capacity to do it or the drive to do it anymore. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of fearfulness in letting go of something that is making you money and, and keeping you quote unquote relevant. But I know that my energy and capacity, knowing more about the way my brain works and how I absorb energy, it's more better suited in group work. It's more better Mm -hmm. suited in group coaching programs, retreats, things like that. And I'll have to let go of the, okay, but you're really good at one-on-one coaching or you're really good at teaching people how to do this. And in reality, it's like, yeah, but if you don't enjoy it anymore, it's really not good for either party. And it's definitely not good for your energy levels at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a grief, you know? That's something that we have to grieve as we... um, I guess, grow and become quote unquote more successful or as we evolve as business owners and clinicians, there are definitely things that we have to grieve that I, I know I can do this well. Um, I know I can do it effortlessly in some cases, but this isn't what's going to serve this version of me in my life and where I am. And although I want to be able to give back and support people in this way, it's not going to allow me to be fully aligned and authentic to where I am right now. So I have to let that go. You know, I don't have to, I'm choosing to let that go because I know I've been in spaces where I've held on to things way too long, you know, um, because of that, not wanting to, well, I know I can do it and I know it's going to bring in money. So why not? Um, But learning that it's more valuable, meaningful, um, and abundant if I'm doing things that feel fully aligned. Like I'm going to feel better at the end of the day if I'm doing this. And that is just as important, if not more important, you know, than servicing folks, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's that's so well said. And I think so often we're looking at the short term versus the long term and saying mm-hmm. like, in the short term, if I turn all this stuff down that I'm good at, but don't want to do or don't have capacity to do, that's money lost or that's like, you know, again, whatever we're, we're putting value on. But in reality, if you're opening up space and energy and capacity and intentionality, and that gives you clarity on where you're going or what you're doing next or how you're going to move intention, intentionally, because mm-hmm. in alignment, acting with authenticity, that feels like it's second nature. It shouldn't feel forced. But when mm-hmm. it feels forced, when you're operating from that place of scarcity or panic or fearfulness, that's when things are really, really hard. And it's really hard to just say like, I'm going to force myself out of this way of thinking or feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes way more energy, way more energy. You know, last week I was able to travel, you know, and um, sit in on the radio show for a week, which was so fun. You know, it was like getting up at 5 a.m. I didn't even feel it. And I like my sleep. Um, So not not getting up, having to be there at 5 a.m., but getting up like around 3.45 and, you know, my energy level throughout the day, like I was I was up, you know, I wasn't tired. I got a little nap in, um, but being able to do that and, you know, hold space for mental health on, on that platform was amazing. And then being able to go down there um, to Texas and speak for a law firm and just being in that space, it was so like, Wow, it was so fulfilling. But that meant that 
I didn't get to see clients for a week, right? And I didn't get to do like my EMDR consultation calls and stuff like that. And there was a little bit of, oh, you know, like grief and, you know, um, responsibility that I felt like I was kind of, you know, misplaced in terms of, man, you're, you're not seeing your clients or your consultees to go do this and have fun, you know what I mean? But still work, um, but in a different way. So that was something that I was, you know, kind of dealing with and noticing the shift, but like that, I was, I was so happy. And not to say that didn't make, you know, my clients and consultees don't make me happy, but I'm, I'm more, um, I guess you would say balanced or fulfilled when I'm able to do different things and multiple things. So giving myself space to do that, kind of letting my people know from jump, like, if you want to work with me, then there are going to be times when I'm here and times when I'm not. And if you're okay with that, and if I feel like clinically that that's appropriate for what you're showing up with, um, then it's okay for me to do both. Right. You know? And I'm sure that felt one, I just want to say, I'm really proud of you. And I hope that you can take in the fact that you got to fly out to Dallas and speak to a bunch of lawyers about mental health and care, yeah. telling them that twerking was mental health care. So there you got to throw that in the mix mm-hmm. and that you get to go on the radio show because I know, you know, as a, a friend of yours, that the radio show ha- can make you anxious at, mm-hmm. you know, how am I going to be received? Am I going to say the right thing? And it always goes well. And mm-hmm. as an outsider looking in, I'm like, Netta is fucking amazing. And I just want to say that because it's just really, really impressive. And the way that you show up authentically and real and you just share and you're vulnerable and that's what people want. And that's what helps people heal and feel connected. So you're doing that at a larger scale when you're able to focus attention on the radio show or at a law firm or at a speaking engagement than you can in one-on-one consulting and therapy. And it's Mm -hmm. so hard to balance both. And the guilt can be really real when you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm doing these things that are really fun and motivating, but I have these clients too. And I think it is about finding that balance, that, that kind of middle ground where both can exist, but you hang, you can set really clear boundaries and expectations, not only with the people you work with, but with yourself too. And just how crucial it is to give yourself permission to be bigger to grow yeah. to step into these arenas where you don't always feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that friend. I appreciate it. I greatly appreciate that. And it's, I think a part of it too, is recognizing that at one point that was the goal, right? Having my private practice was the goal, right? I, that was a time when I didn't know if I could do that or starting my consultation business was the goal. There was a point in time where I didn't know that I could do that. Right. So to be able to, to be able to transition to something different um, or something that's reaching people at a lot larger scale. It's almost like, well, who do you think you is? (laughs) You know, you know, you outgrowing your britches type, you know, that, that stuff that kind of comes up from that narrative, those, those past trauma narratives that it's not, and, you know, we talked last time on the podcast of, that transition, like it's okay to shine, like it's okay to take up space and those things. Whereas before that was unsafe and now it's becoming for me that that's, that's safe and that's welcomed and that's okay. 
you know, so being able to get to that point where you can grow to um, to stay grounded, know where you where you came from and um, what you endured, but also know that it is OK for you to to branch out and do these other things, you know, in a, in a safe way, you know, that oh that's fine, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love it. And I'm sure that growing into these new spaces, you're having a lot of similar feelings and thoughts and emotions around this, like you did when you started your private practice, Mm -hmm. like you did when you started your coaching and consulting business of like, Mm -hmm. who the hell am I for someone to call and do one 60 minute session one-on-one with, let Mm -hmm. alone who the hell am I to be speaking in front of an entire room full of people with them hanging on every word that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that though, for me, that feeling of who the hell am I and quote unquote imposter syndrome or whatever we want to call it, I think is really important in a lot of ways because I also think that means there's some humility there. And mm-hmm. that assessment process, like you mentioned, of like, I'm checking in with myself and I'm stepping into embrace this fear mm-hmm. as well. And I'm not letting it paralyze me and I'm not letting it prevent me from moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I had a moment um, when I was speaking um, to the law firm and lawyers, they are trained to have that face. Right. And they're all looking at me and I'm being myself and cracking jokes. And it was just like this, you know, face. And I had a split second of, uh, you know, like some angst. And I was able to center myself on that. Like, who am I? Like, who do you? How do you? And I was like, I'm human. Guess what? I'm human. And guess what? They human. So I know that there is something in this presentation that is a human experience and that whether or not they feel safe or comfortable to show that y'all their work. I mean, I don't expect them to be airing out everything that wouldn't be, you know, welcome or advised. But I was able to like rest in that certainty that we are all human and something on there is going to hit home for somebody and if they just walk away with one small thing that they could take back, you know, then that's good enough for me. And I don't have to know that they got it. All I have to do is be um, be open to 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 present it. Right. But it's not my responsibility that they get it. And it was a great I mean, they were great. They were so welcoming and warm and, you know, came up and chatted with me and everything. It wasn't like it was a a bad experience. But, you know, when you're speaking in front of a crowd that you're not familiar with, we always have those split second, you know, type of angst or we get in our head a little bit and that kind of happened. And that's how I was able to ground myself in. This is a human experience and we all are dealing with something, you know, in some way, shape or form. I love that. And that really kind of brings this conversation full circle. Because in that moment, had you not have done your own healing work, it would have been a lot harder to anchor in and ground and and kind of center yourself and say, okay, I'm anxious, but mm-hmm. there's you, right? Mm-hmm. And I can anchor myself in that. I can ground myself in that thought and that that knowledge, that certainty. And without doing the work, I'm sure it would have been a hell of a lot harder to really get grounded in that thought and that feeling and really trust oh, yeah. that instinct as well. We're talking weeks of <laughs> ruminating over things or like reevaluating and picking things apart, you know, that I may have said or not said or forget to forgot to say. There was something I forgot. And I was like, oh, I forgot to mention that. So, oh, well, I guess an email later or, you know, it's all good. 
that would have never happened, you know, five, three, five years ago. Realization would have turned into like this paralyzation process of, oh my God, I can never do this again because I made this, I Mm -hmm. overlooked this one thing. And it's just amazing the trajectory of anyone's career and their their character arc, so to speak, of like your story is so defined by the work that you do, mm-hmm. even when you can't see it, even when yeah. you're doing the work and it's fucking hard and it's painful and it's confusing and you don't see the immediate results. Mm-hmm. Like Runetta five years ago till now, I imagine there's been massive amounts of growth and shifts and just transformations along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And I can look at those without, um, I've been saying this all day in sessions and everything, kind of looking at those from that space of curiosity and not judgment, you know, whereas before a lot of how I view myself and my experiences with, oh, you should have did that or you messed up on that or whatever the case may be. But just from that space of curiosity, I wonder why that's what you chose or I wonder why that upset you so much, you know, I wonder why that had you thinking about it for weeks. And when you can look at it from that space, it gives us more room to, to be more compassionate, you know, to ourselves about our experience and our journey. And every single thing that I have experienced up until this point, it makes so much sense why this is how I have experienced it because of my life, my life, my background, my experiences, my upbringing, um, and everything in between. So being able to look at that from a space of curiosity and compassion has completely changed um, how I view and assess situations. I love that. Lots of great wisdom and just great points made today. And I really, really, it's just amazing being your friend and your colleague and rooting you on and seeing what you're creating. I mean, you are a published author now and podcast host and on the radio and speaking at conferences and trainings and running your it's coaching happy. programs. It's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's fun. You know, it's fun. It's, it's dope. It's a good experience. I'm, I'm grateful, very grateful for it, you know? Yeah. You and I think your the support we have or who we surround ourselves with, it matters. Like it matters so much um, who we connect to, who we surround ourselves with, who we allow to like pour into us, you know, and offer feedback or perspective. Um, that matters. It matters tremendously. So I'm grateful yeah. for the fair friends that I have been able to connect with over the, you know, past five, six years of me being an entrepreneur. Yeah, well said. And for those of you listening, you know, I, I really encourage you to seek that group out for yourself. Um, put yourself out there if you don't feel like you have anyone in your corner right now who gets it. It's really important. I think it's really, really important to surround yourself with people who not only get it, but are going to be supportive in a good way, not like echo chamber supportive, but more like mm-hmm. I support you and I'm able to offer you feedback and mm-hmm. offer my, you know, suggestions and critiques here and there as well. And just the ability to surround yourself with people who want you to do well and vice versa and that abundance mindset of yeah. we can all be successful. We can all exist because we all have our own audiences and approaches 
and ways of doing things. And we're all going to attract different clients. And that's really important to remember for those of you who are starting out or that when that insecurity comes ramping up to just be like, where's this coming from? Be curious about it, like Unetta said, and just assessing as you go and just really doing the healing work. I think it's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Yes, 1,000%, 1,000%. And the more work you do with yourself and personal work and therapy or whatever the case may be, the more you're capable of making those connections, you know, and having the, but when you, when you ain't doing your work, you know, it's hard to make connections and listen and want other people to win, you know, and not be making everything about you and what you need and what you want. And there's a lot of people that connect in groups to be leeches, right? To see what can I get from this person versus what can I pour into this group as well. So being mindful of that, if you are in group spaces and you're taking more than you're receiving, um, then that's prob- that could be problematic, right? And that could create some ruptures and some um, just some bad business, you know, bad energy around making, uh, and it could be harmful to the other people within the group. So just making sure that we are pouring just as much as we are receiving when we connect in these group settings. I love it. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of great points today, Unetta, and I appreciate you being the first person on. And as I can yeah. tell already, I'm losing my voice already. So now I know the limitations. You know um, your limit. You know your limit. Hopefully we didn't go over it, but you, I, on my end, you, no. you sound like Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, tell everyone where they can find more of you on social media and some of the stuff that you're offering so they can connect with you. And we'll put that in the show notes for everybody as well. Cool, cool, cool. So you can find me on social at Yanetta Spring on all platforms, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also follow my um, counseling pages, which is uh, Spring Forth Counseling and Groundbreakers uh, Therapy. Groundbreakers Therapy is my BIPOC EMDR um, space that is geared towards BIPOC, um, highlighting BIPOC EMDR therapists. So if you are a BIPOC EMDR therapist, join the directory. People are looking for you. So I have that directory ready for y'all. And then um, also, let's see, unetaspring.com will get you to both places. So that's kind of like the landing spot for everything. Cool. And we will have all of that great information in the show notes for everybody. And I highly recommend checking out Unetta's work. Really, really wonderful stuff. And I just am really grateful to call you a friend and a colleague. And I'm really excited to see what 2023 has in store for you. And I will see you in New Orleans and in Spain. Yes, uh, I know. Exciting. It's right around the corner. I know. Counting down the days for sure. For everyone listening to the All Things Private Practice podcast, new episodes come out every Sunday morning on all major platforms. Like, download, subscribe, and share. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Yunetta. Peace. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.